Well, good morning. Aren't you glad to be in church today? It's a good day to be in church. Amen. All right, but let's pray and ask God to bless us uh, with his presence as we open his word. Father, you are alone worthy to be praised. We are so grateful that you sent Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would meet with us right now, that you would manifest your presence in this place, that as we open your word, you would speak to us, that we would see wonderful things in your word, and that we would be able to taste and see this morning that you are good. And it's in the strong name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. We've been in a series called Hive Mind, talking about uh, that if you change your mind, if you change your thinking, you'll change your life. We're going to dive into that a little bit today, but uh, we've been doing the same thing in city groups and kind of unpacking a little bit farther what we're talking about on Sundays, and it's not too late to jump in one, so uh, make sure you find out that information. I think you got a card in your uh, worship guide, or you can go see Info Central and get that. We would love to connect you in that, and so that's going to continue our conversation that we start today. But as we dive in today, we've been looking each week at different parts of this crazy statement that Paul, an apostle, many years ago said to a church that he planted in a city called Corinth. He wrote them this, and the first part of it we get. It's where we live. He said, who can know the mind of Christ? I mean, we look around the world and we think, man, like some days is, God, are you even there? Like what is happening? In this world, and, and, and we, we recognize together and collectively, whether you're a follower of Jesus or whether you're not, we can both look at the world and say, something is broken in this world. Things are not right in the world. And that's true. But then Paul wrote the second part of that statement to this church in Corinth, and he said, but we... Those who are in Christ have the mind of Christ. And so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the ways that the fact that we've been given in the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the mind of Christ. I don't know about you, but sometimes on Thursday, sometimes on Tuesday, sometimes by Monday morning at 6 a.m. when I get up for men's Bible study, I'm like, I don't have the mind of Christ right now. <laughs> like I look right back at my pillow and stare at the back of my eyelids, right? And so sometimes, even as Christ followers, and that's a, that's a funny example, but how many of you know that sometimes by Tuesday, life's already beat it out of you? And, and what we're asking is in those moments where my life doesn't match what's been declared over my life. When those don't match, how do we find our way back to what God has promised us? And today, what I want to do is I just want to give you a crash course on humanity. A diagnosis, if you will, of humanity. Because as we go to Romans chapter 1, it's one of the most contentious, one of the most misunderstood uh, scriptures in the Bible, in our culture. And, and I say misunderstood because when you look at it in the context of what Paul's doing, we get a really clear picture of what God is doing in the world. Because what Romans 1 is going to do is it's going to diagnose where we're at and who we are. And then it's going to deliver 
on that promise. So, so, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. So if you have a Bible, go to Romans chapter 1. And I want to start in verse 18. And I just want to walk through what the Bible says, what God says, what Paul, writing to a church, I think sometimes we forget that Paul was a real guy and he was writing to a real church in Rome, a place that's still there. You can go look at some of the places that are talked about in this Bible. It was a real thing. And real people living in a city, an urban context with so many options and so many choices and so many things to do and so many temptations to take. And yet so much persecution for those who were following Jesus. And yet they chose in that moment of persecution where it would have been easy to step aside and say, I'm just going to worship Jesus privately and save my skin. No, no, they stepped into that moment. Even in the midst of what makes the 21st century American Christian feel uncomfortable, they were willing to embrace and pay the ultimate price for it. Why? That's what we're after. What, what is it in this mind of Christ that took these Christians in Rome in one of the worst periods of history to say with Paul, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. That's what we're after. So look, look at where we start here in Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Welcome to Redeemer City Church. We are a good news church. <laughs> Whoa, we start, off, we start off strong there, right? But what's so important for us is to know that before good news ever comes, it's only good because we've been delivered the bad. Most of the time we ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? When a better question is, why do good things happen to bad people? Because bad people are all that there are. And if that's the first time anyone's ever said that to you, I'm so sorry that it had to be now, but you need to know the truth because Jesus said the truth will set you free. And that's what we're after. And so, so here is the truth about who we are as human beings and we stand before a mighty God, a holy God. This is the reality. And, and as we look around our culture, we're, we're, th this is a description of 21st century America. Just as it was of 1st century Rome. Listen to how he goes on, verse 19. For what can be known about God is plain to them. Because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes... Namely, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. Just think about it. You can just drive less than an hour away and stand at the foot of an ocean that is so much bigger and so much greater and so much more powerful than anything we could ever experience. And there's something inside of us that says there's something more. You get on Twitter and go to the Hubble telescope and you can click on photos that just blow your mind of things that are so much farther away than we could ever imagine. 
You dive into the intricacies of biology and the human body, and it, it just it's it's unfathomable how intricate. And if the simplest thing were to go wrong, or we were to float this just a bit closer to the sun, or what whatever it is that interests you, God's clearly perceived. And here's the result of that. The end of verse twenty says, So that they are without excuse. Why? Verse 21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's really what we're talking about today. We're talking about the darkened mind, the darkened mind. And and, and here's, here's the end result of that. Verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools. And exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Now, unless that sounds like just some weird concept of like Hinduism where they're like plucking chickens and looking at golden idols that are bigger than you and inside of crazy temples and bloods everywhere. Like that's not the only kind of idol. When you look around this culture, you know, we, we do a better job worshiping on Saturday and Sunday afternoon than we do on Sunday morning. You tracking with me? When our football team marches down the field and puts it across the goal line and we go, ah! <laughs> and we, you know, some of us rip our shirt off and we run around the house and our wife's like, put that back on. And we're like, you know, whatever, whatever it is for you. Maybe you're a baseball fan or, you know, we, we, we go with the highs and lows of our team or maybe with your job, we, we, we float with the highs and lows of our success and our achievement. Or maybe you ebb and flow with your paycheck. Or maybe you're a teenager in the room and, 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 and you're, you're so driven by the likes and comments that you get. This, this text is... Is us. It's us. We exchange the glory of God for things made by man. So it's the diagnosis of who we are. The reality is, is that we suffer because of our own sin. That there's natural and eternal consequences for the decisions that you and I make. That's the diagnosis of who we are. Number one in your notes, here's the crash course on humanity, right? Number one is that spiritual rebellion results in a darkened mind. Spiritual rebellion results in a darkened mind. Because here's what Paul said. He said, although they knew God, they didn't honor him as God, but they became what? Feudal in their thinking. Spiritual rebellion results in a darkened mind. I think it happens in three ways. I think there's three things that will kill your life as a Christian. That will steal. See, Jesus said it this way. The enemy, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and have it to the full." There's three things I think that happen that oftentimes we don't pay attention to. The first one there is we have a spiritual enemy. 
Peter said it this way, that the devil walks around seeking whom he may devour. It's, it's not just a little thing, it's a life and death thing. And even if you're in Christ today and you're going to heaven, Satan would love nothing more than to prevent you from fulfilling the purpose that God has for your life. To be salt and light in this world. To draw people to the Lord. There's a spiritual enemy. And you need to acknowledge that. That every time temptation knocks on your front door of your heart and your mind, that Satan is on the other side, not satisfaction. Satan, not satisfaction. And he's going to lie to you and he's the best salesman there is. But when you have been given the mind of Christ, you can on Tuesday look Satan in the eye and in the power of the Holy Spirit say, I'm not buying what you're selling. And then you go cry in your city group because it's hard. (laughs) Because we're rebels at heart, aren't we? We are. I am. Every day I wake up with a propensity to sin because I want to. I want to. But we've been given the mind of Christ. We have a spiritual enemy. The second thing is is toxic thinking. I don't know about you, but it's so easy to wake up in the morning and, and, and think I deserve and I want and I need and I have to and I want and I get to and me... He he says in the text, he says, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. You see, the the end result of thinking, if if you're from, if you were were in church like old school, like a long time ago and you had your King James Bible out, there's there's a verse in Proverbs where the King James translates it as a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. It's powerful. It's powerful. And, and Paul's saying here to these believers in Rome, and he's saying to you today by the power of the Holy Spirit that if you don't change your thinking, if you just buy what the world is selling, your mind will be darkened and spiritual rebellion results in a darkened mind. Toxic thinking. It's right there. Futile in their thinking. Wasteful in their thinking. Naive in our thinking that Satan is not after you and your kids and your family and your coworkers. See, see the people around you don't just deny Jesus. It's because Satan is darkening their mind. But here's what we know, that you've been sent as a light into the world. city set on a hill cannot be hidden, not even by Satan, not even by you. That the Holy Spirit coming in is going to evidence itself in the Holy Spirit going out. It's a beautiful thing. And then there's a third thing, a lack of nourishment. Spending all my time in my head and the world's wisdom, pick your favorite news channel, Pick your favorite social media channel. If I spend all my time wrapped up in that and not in God's word, 
it's going to result in you becoming a fool. Their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. We know everything about everything. Claiming to be wise. I don't know about you, but there's certain things I, you turn on the TV and you hear somebody say something, you're like, is it possible to be that stupid? <laughs> and then your wife leans over and is like, yeah, it is. You prove it all the time. <laughs> Just kidding. Sort of. You see, because the, 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 the result of that kind of thinking, number two, is unhealthy thinking leads to unhealthy behavior. Doesn't it? That, that that's the way it goes. See, we think maybe I can I can I can do this and it's okay, or I can do that and it's okay, or maybe maybe you're maybe you're just real. Like maybe you know that it's not going to be okay, but we just we just think like one more time and then I'll never do it again. And we just we play these games with Satan, and it and it's spiritual rebellion. We have to call it what it is. It's me rebelling against a good God who's offered me life. And I've bought what Satan is selling instead. It's exchanging, as the text says, the truth of God for a lie. And we've sold out. Unhealthy thinking leads to unhealthy behavior. Let me say it to you this way. It's the next thing in your notes there. Evil wears many masks. Evil wears many masks. You see, and, and oftentimes we, we look at we look at the world that we live in and, and, and we go places like verse 24 and it says, you know, therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. And then, and then those of us who've been Christians for a while, we get to this verse and we go, yeah, this is why the world's wrong. And we, we look at this and we say, for their women exchange natural relations for their for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise give up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And we think about, we look at that and we go, see that's what's wrong with the world. And we, and we nitpick a sin. And by nitpicking a sin, we've become futile in our thinking because when we look out there and we say, that's what's wrong with them, we forget what's wrong in here, what's wrong with me. Because if you keep reading, instead of cherry picking, what we'll see is that there's a diagnosis happening of your heart, not just their heart. Because let's keep reading, verse 28, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness. Evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips. Whoop. <laughs> Slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty. Oops. Boastful, inventors of evil. What's this one? Disobedient to parents. Okay, now you're all doomed. <laughs> My kids are for sure. You see, what happens is what, what, part of what, what's being futile in your thinking is looking at someone else and saying, there's your problem, and never realizing, here's my problem. You see, chapters 1 through 3 in Romans are a diagnosis of all of humanity, us included. 
us included. Because evil wears many masks. All of those things that Paul is telling the church in Rome is you have to look out on all sides of you. See, because you're going to be tempted to think that one of these things is the problem. When in reality, spiritual rebellion is the problem. That we've exchanged the truth of God for a lie. But isn't that the beauty of the gospel? That here, here, we, here we are every day, we buy into this lie so often. But yet there's still that truth of God, isn't there? You see, you see, number three, Jesus came to set people free. Our church was born out of Luke chapter four, which says that when Jesus declares of himself that he came to set the prisoner free, to set the captive free, to set at liberty the oppressed, to open the eyes of the blind, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, you read chapter one and you're like, where's the favor at, man? Like that diagnosis is death. Very true. But let's go back to where we started. Until you have the bad news, there is no good news. You see, because you need a proper perspective of yourself before you can ever get to a proper perspective of who you are in Christ. See, because if you don't know Christ today, what you need to know first is that apart from Christ, you can do nothing. There's no amount of good things you can do there's no amount of good things that you've done. There's no amount of right thinking apart from Christ that's going to save you. You need something altogether outside of you to fix what's altogether wrong inside of you. There is no, sorry, spoiler alert, there is no champion within. But there is a champion without. And you need him. Go to Romans chapter 3 real fast. And I want to all close with this deliver some good news see see there's a diagnosis in romans 1 but there's deliverance in romans 3 listen to this in verse 21 of romans chapter 3 but now whoo the righteousness of god has been manifested apart from the law see the law of god romans chapter 1 holds up in front of you the diagnosis that a, that you're dead in your sins apart from christ you can't do anything it's a losing proposition. You will always struggle in your own mind and your own thinking. You will always struggle and, and you, you are separated from God because of your sin. That's what Romans 1 is telling you. That you, you've been given over to your futile thinking and your rebellion. The world has been given over to their futile thinking and rebellion. Don't you love the way God works. But now the righteousness of God has been made manifest apart from the law. Although the law and prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there's no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, diagnosis, and are justified deliverance by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You see, the difference between the God of the Bible and every other religion in the world, including atheism, is that it looks at you and puts the responsibility on you to provide for yourself. 
that if you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and that if you make enough of your life and that if you do enough of this or enough of that, that you'll be satisfied. And what you're going to find the longer you live is that you will never be satisfied because you were created to worship a good God. And when you worship the creature rather than the creator, you will be left empty every single time. And the thing that's so great about the Bible and the good news of the gospel is that when God looked down at you and saw you in your sin, he didn't ask you to rise to him. He came for you. That is the gospel. So if you're going to reject the gospel today, you need to reject the right thing. That this diagnosis of the world is so true and you can just just be honest with me. Even if you don't believe the rest of it, you can at least be honest with me and say that the world is broken. That this place, this is not right. You can look down the corridor of history in the history book and see that the world has never been right. You can look into the news in the present. I can even prophesy that tomorrow. You're going to get the news and there's going to be bad. Because it's not prophecy. Because <laughs> we know. But what's beautiful is that there is something outside of us that is right and is good. And it's the God of the Bible who looks at you in your sin and offers you freedom and fulfillment. Let me close with this. Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then down to verse 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the gospel. That when you were dead in your sin, maybe you're here today and you are dead in your sin. I just want to offer you hope, offer you life and freedom in the power of the Holy Spirit today. That even though the diagnosis is very bleak, the deliverance is just as great. The band's going to come up and they're going to lead us in another song and it's going to be all about that. But what I want you to know is that There's no greater decision that you'll ever have to make in your life than what did you do with Jesus. See, because who you are and who the world is is obvious. And maybe somebody in here today, you just need to stop playing games. You need to stop acting like things aren't as bad as they are. Because they are. They're that bad. And I just want to encourage you to drop the facade today. And just be real with Jesus. So why don't you stand with me? In just a minute, we're going to sing. But I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus today. So if you'll just bow your heads where you're at, we're not going to embarrass anybody. But if you've never crossed the line of faith, if you've never given your life to Jesus, he tells us in his word that it's really easy. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he is raised from the dead, which, by the way, there's ample evidence of. I'd be happy to tell you about it. But it's really simple. Maybe you're broken today. Maybe you're without hope. And you hear that, that diagnosis of the world and of your heart and your life, and it just resonates with you today, and you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you. I just want to encourage you to just offer Jesus a little prayer. 
There's nothing magic about what I'm about to say, but it's just a way that you could go about it. To just admit, say, hey, God, I'm, I'm a sinner. It's never been clearer than right now. And I want you to come into my life, forgive me of my sin, and be my Lord, be my Savior. And I may not know what that means yet, but I want to. Would you be my Savior today and Lord of my life? And if you prayed that prayer, I would love for you to come tell me. I'll be back at Info Central. We'd love to put a Bible in your hands and a book that will help you take your first steps as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. We don't want you to do this life alone. Neither does Jesus. That's why I built the church. We would love to walk with you in that.